All right, thank you, Megan. And as the students are making their way, we'll just clarify. Uh, she said, you're going to hear the dates? Here you go. First three Sundays in March. There you go. You heard the dates. We're going to do a membership class. It's been quite a while. We're realizing it's time to revisit that, and we're going to start um, requiring membership for certain things, like even to get a cup of coffee. You ha No, that's, we're not going to do that. Um, but we do want to clarify who we are and, and all that kind of stuff, because on Sundays we say most weeks, welcome to Rock Bible Church. We're a Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling, casual community, compelling ourselves and others to Christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship, being a community that's the greater community. All right, very good. And I think I'm a little hot mic, if you would, you guys in the box back there. Um, we want to clarify what that means. And so we'll get into some doctrines and some practices and the whole thing. Three weeks. Uh, if you miss one, you can pick it up on the next rotation and the whole thing. And you can say, I finished the membership class. Now, some of you that like to, well, let's not say pick fights, but you like to push the envelope a little, say, wait, I have to go to three classes to become a member. No, there's a membership covenant back in the back. You can pick it up, sign it, and, and have no idea what you're signing and turn it in and you're a member. And then we'll hold you to what you sign. Right now, at any time, if if you want, they are they're back there. Uh, covenant membership documents. Um, we also have another document, the doctrine of the church. We're going to go through that uh, kind of briefly in our three weeks, and hopefully give you a, a solid sense of the overall who are we? Why did Christ say that he was going to build a church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against? Like, so why do we exist? Why are we here? Right? I mean, because you guys, you really need to know, because I was joking. I think it was Matt. We're like, all these people keep coming in. It's like, don't you guys all know that there's like several Sundays of the year where you're supposed to skip? Right? Mother's Day, you all go other places. Father's Day, you all go other places and do other things. And then Super Bowl, you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be uh, you go getting ready for your party. And, and uh, so it's kind of fun to see all of you in here on Sunday of Super Bowl and say, yeah, I don't care what culture is doing. We're here because we do something that's different. That's kind of what we're doing with membership class and bringing us closer to uh, understanding as to, um, you know, why, why did he establish this church? And, and rather than swoop us up as soon as we come to decision, why does he leave us here? Because um, he's still doing things alive and well. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, good. Uh, Megan briefly mentioned uh, uh, Monday nights, men's group right in here, 7 o'clock. And then uh, Wednesday mornings, if, you're, if you need to do mornings or, you know, or nights, we have each. Wednesday mornings is at 6 a.m. Uh, right in here. Okay, so if you have one information about that, then uh, come talk to me. That'd be great. Who's going to win today? Who cares, right? You're the one with the most points. All right. Okay. Well, I think, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I, I never thought I would say this, but I'm today officially saying go Niners. Today. Today I'm rooting for the Niners. I don't know what that means. No. This is, uh, this is closer to green than red, right? Don't stone me for it. All right. I'm, I'm officially going Eagles. Okay. Um. But uh, as much I would love to see you at the, at the party we're going to have later, um, as much as those things are fun for fellowship and the whole thing, uh, why we're here right now is to worship the Lord. And so regardless of what happens in the game today, there's life before, during, and after any event. Amen? And uh, God deemed it necessary to have some writings preserved over long periods of time for us to continue to have. And one of those is the book of uh, Samuel. It's actually broken into two, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. And we've we're, uh, been in a series, and we're chapter 3 of 1 Samuel this morning. I want to thank Brent for last week. And uh, yeah, uh, very much enjoyed it. And I, I had this moment, and see, he's not here. He's not feeling well. 
Um, and so it actually was pretty sick this week. So uh, you can pray for that. But um, wh while he's not here, I, I, I had this thought. I was listening to the sermon and I was like, you know what? I would go to his church. I would go to his church. Yeah, he killed it. Which is a positive statement for those of you who are not familiar with that phrase. <laughs> they, they killed it or whatever. But um, yeah, so and then I thought I need to say that publicly, right? Because um, I think God was glorified in what Brent did last week. And if you missed it, you missed it. Go catch it on YouTube and follow through. Yeah. Let's pray, and we're going to jump into uh, Samuel because uh, God's going to start talking this chapter. It's going to get interesting. All right. Lord, thanks for this morning. Thanks for what we sang, what we've experienced in relationship. I pray, Lord, that we would continue our worship this morning by experiencing your word, your presence, the guidance of your spirit, and may we continue to be a community that is focused on you and your word. And we're going to, Lord, be introduced to somebody who starts that relationship for the first time in this passage. I pray you would help us to see what things apply to us and then when things are unique to him. And so we pray this in your Father, in your Son's name. Amen? Amen. Amen. we kind of been talking about Eli and Hannah coming up to today. And Hannah wanted a child, and she prayed. And you know, it's a longer story. That's why there's two chapters of it to, before we get to this place. She ends up getting that child because of the Lord. She gives credit to the Lord and then dedicates the child to the Lord and takes him up to the temple or, uh, and gives him to Eli and says, Hey, um... He's dedicated to the Lord from now on. So uh, chapter 3, just to keep you caught up, if we're joining us, um, is Samuel in the temple. And, and he's young. He's a kid. Uh, how much does he know? Say nothing. Right? He's like, I have a mom, but she lives down in town. I live with the priest. And apparently there's this God thing that we do. He has zero experience with God. In fact, we're going to hear an interesting phrase in a few verses um, that alludes to that. Um, but this, this is a, an individual who is absolutely yet to be on God's path. He's, he's unsure of God and, and the fact that there might, may or may not be a God. Well, how could he even contemplate a path that God would have if you're not even sure he exists or what's going on? And we're going to watch him begin the path. It's great for us. Why? This is the interactive portion of the morning. Feel free to speak out loud. Why is it great for us to see someone else start their path with God? It's an example for us. I could too, right? So let's, uh, let's check out Samuel. Uh, chapter 3, verse 1, here we go. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. Eli's the chief, chief priest, head priest, um, uh, probably got to fill you in. Uh, he has some kids. Not good. You ever met a, a family where you really like the parents, but the kids are out of control? Oh, so yeah, the Berglunds, right? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I love it when the kids are all off school because you, know, you could kind of have some fun with it, right? Um, his, his kids were, uh, beyond joking, they were out of control. And, and they were... Um, desecrating things and out, outside of God's will on, on a couple levels. We'll see that in a minute here. Um, but he's working with the priest. Um, who, who should be working with the priest? The sons? They're priests as well, but um, they are no longer mentioned uh, anymore after the first couple of chapters. So, uh, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Ooh. Does that sound familiar? Anybody else have that thought that just was said in the front row? You know, if you sit in the front row, you get more. You do. Right? Um, how's that sound familiar? It's happening now. This is our experience. Um, name for me a venue an area of our life or culture where God's presence is prevalent. Majority, dominant, loud. 
it's almost non-existent in fact i was having a kind of a heavy conversation this week with somebody over the phone about the idea that the the road is narrow and the way is hard that leads to salvation and few are those that find it well, that's good news it's supposed to be that way it's supposed to be rare what if we have a god that loves us and is very good at communication how is it that he would make it difficult and rare to then relate to us and communicate with us what what's what's the uh, what's the logic there why, why how could that make sense this again is the interactive portion of the morning feel free speak out loud why would you make something difficult right you know ladies we we guys we have this phrase we use about you from time to time not very often and we say it respectfully but you play hard to hard to get why is that got to make them work for it so we know if they actually care about it right and then when we know that they care oh now we're finally relating right uh, there's there's some genius to the way god does this when he makes himself rare it's to see who's going to put in the effort who's going to chase who's going to put both hands on the rope and, and pull uh, who's going to show up you know that kind of thing uh, by the way we're not getting feed on the back screen tv uh guys and in those days, the Lord, uh, the word of the Lord was rare. There was no frequent vision. Now, there was no frequent vision. But, but what does this tell us is possible? What kind of vision? Starts with F. Oh, you can, frequent visions can be a thing? Does this say this as if like this is supposed to be the norm? Or is this saying this like, you know, Frequent visions are supposed to happen, and if you're missing out on those, then something's wrong. Now, do we have frequent visions? Well, I'm not really even sure what that means, Scott. Can you connect with God regularly, continuously, and have some kind of ongoing feedback with Him today? Say yes. We do it through Scripture. We do it through relationship with other people who are close to Him. We do it through prayer, serving uh, sacrifice, meditation, fasting, all kinds of stuff, right? Um, we do that through fellowship at unimportant games, eating bad food, right? There are ways to connect with God regularly, and that is meant to be the norm. Amen? All right. Um, at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see... <laughs> I feel like I'm starting to relate to that a little bit. We're not going to talk about that. Was lying down in his own place. So it's, it's nighttime, okay? The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Love that. It's a fancy way of saying what? The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Sun hasn't gone down yet, maybe? Right? Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the Ark of the Covenant Next slide. Uh, where the Ark of God was. Now, this, uh, this looks like a sentence of saying like, well, this is the setting where he was. There's a little bit more going on. Um, if you're in the temple, what's the temple represent? And know that before the temple, they had this other thing that they would carry around. And if you didn't carry this thing around, you lose the war. If you carry this thing around in the back of your army, you lose the war. If you carry this thing in front of the army, when you walk in, it doesn't matter how big their army is of your opponent. Guess what? Right? It's like that fun line at the end of uh, uh, Tombstone. Looks like we win. <laughs> right? This is the presence of God prior to the temple and the presence of God in the temple. It's like the two best presence of gods in one place at the same time and Samuel's sleeping right there in the middle of it, right? What's the feel we're supposed to have? Say that again, Doc, really loud. He's right in the sweet spot. He's exactly where he's supposed to be, right? Now, is he ministering or doing a sacrifice? What is he? He's trying to fall asleep. And yet he can be in the sweet spot, okay? And the Lord called to Samuel, verse 4. What's wrong with this sentence? If you, were, if you were crazy enough to go to Bible school 
or seminary and take a hermeneutics class. Scott, please, no swearing. <laughs> no, hermeneutics, it's the interpretation of Scripture. If your professor is worth their weight in salt, at least, they will make you do an exercise where you bring in as many observations out of the passage as you possibly can. They gave me one assignment where they said, okay, here's one little passage. You need to come up with 100 observations before the next class period and bring them with you. Write them out. No duplicates. Great. Came in, turned that in. Said, great. Now take the same passage and you have to come up with 100 more. I quit. No, it's a great exercise. Uh, part of what I want is to have influence to where I help people see that when you read your Bible, you need to observe some things. And there's a basic observation here. We need to make sure we catch because something is wrong with then the Lord's called Samuel. Okay, now, could you, could you stand up for a second? This, because I love you so much. I this is so you. awesome. And no one, no one said a word. And you just said very quietly, what, what did you say? Say it loud, the microphone's here. He didn't talk to Eli. He didn't talk to Eli? Right? Congratulations. Um, uh, good news, you're preaching next week. <laughs> right? You take Wednesday? Oh, she's preaching Wednesday. Actually, okay, so you're off next Sunday then. All right, good. Um, the, Eli's the priest, we're in the temple, we're with the ark, who should God be talking to? In our economy, we would say, well, the chief priest, the head priest, of course. His kids are the ones that are a problem, we should be talking to him directly. And what does God do to Eli? No, what do, what do they say today's culture, right? He's been ghosted, right? Ghosting someone is not a new concept, right? There's nothing new under the sun. We see that in Song of Solomon. Uh, Solomon tells us this, uh, everything God comes up with, right? He's supposed to be talking to Eli, but he says um, to Samuel, here I am. Lord called to Samuel and he said, here I am. Samuel answers out loud. Why did he answer out loud? Because he, he probably heard something out loud, right? We're going to know why he does this. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. What's he think? It must have been Eli, right? God's never talked to him before. You ever had something happen with God, and you spent a long time trying to figure out why it happened or how it makes sense or who else might have been involved and you keep working at making sense of it and after a while you finally realize, oh, I must insert God in my answer as to how this happened, right? This is the process we're about to happen to see. It's going to happen three times. He said to Eli, uh, I did not call. Lie down again. Go back to bed. So he went and lay down. Verse 6, and the Lord called again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not. Uh, uh, my son, uh, go lie down again, right? Go back to bed. Now Samuel did not know the Lord yet. He was yet to know the Lord, right? This is great news for us. Why? Again, this is the interactive portion of the morning. Thank you for attending Rock Bible Church. We know have many choices where you worship. But we thank you for worshiping with us. Your turn. Why is that good news? You don't know him, and yet he could still pursue you, talk to you, watch how he's going to have a plan for him. That's great news for us, because uh, I kind of know him, and sometimes I wonder, does he still have a plan? For, you know, you ever doubt? This is great news. Uh, Samuel's done absolutely nothing um, to put himself in this position. It's been his mom and Eli and God, and God's going to use stuff and, and get his attention. Um, he didn't know, uh, did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Ooh, what's coming? Word of the Lord's going to be revealed to Samuel. That's pretty awesome. Is that in his future? Ready? 
Ready? Is it in yours? Absolutely. Is it in Eli's? We're a little concerned about trying to answer that one. We don't know. He's been passed over. And here's one of the greatest concepts, I think, in theology that I learned from one of my favorite theologians, Ed Noble, speaking, teaching pastor at the Journey in La Mesa, California. God is missable. You can miss him. I remember being a young pastor and sitting with our students while he was teaching and he said that and, and it just clarified a whole bunch of things. You can miss him. So when I ask, is, is this in your future? Maybe. I love how so many of you said yes. Right? I'm hoping people at home uh, watching on the, on the video screen or maybe in the future, I hope they answer that audibly while they're watching. Yeah. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. He rose and went to Eli and said, uh, Here I am, for you called me. By the way, um, does God give up after the first two? How many times would he have called him? Till he got him, right? He never loses, right? Always wins. Lord, uh, third time, uh, you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Hey, Eli, there's all hope is not lost on you. Every once in a while, you're like a blind dog who stumbles on his dish. And you do kind of get it. Like, it took you that long, Eli. I mean, maybe this is why God's passed over you, because things are going on around you that God is doing, and you're missing them. He says, hey, uh, maybe this is God. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak, for your servant hears. Right? Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Um, I much prefer the New American Standard translation of this little phrase here, where it says, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Right? Um, you ever heard somebody say, Well, I hear you, but they heard you, and they're about to contradict you, which means they heard you, but they weren't listening and I, I just for whatever reason i think in our culture i like the new american standard speak lord for your servant is listening where's he tell him to go you say go to the altar we're in the temple go run to the altar get to the very center of the place hey run to the ark where's he send him why because he's tired of him waking him up right no why is he send him back to bed that's where god called him the first couple times first three times right Go back to your place, right? Lord came and uh, stood. Whoops. Remember I just gave that little lecture about making observations and writing down 100 and then writing down 100 more. And 100. What just changed? What's that word there? It came and... What? The Lord came to him. Wow. Now I have a theory that I cannot prove yet. So I would say I'm yet to prove this. But when I get to heaven, I'm fairly I'm 51% confident God's going to confirm this with me. I'm okay with being wrong, but people talk about Jesus and when he came on the scene in the gospels and the whole thing and say, "Well, hold on a second. Because I hear the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day in the garden in chapter 3 in the very beginning. And I see God on the scene in person, physically walking there. I see him wrestling with Jacob. Because you have wrestled with God. He wasn't, he wasn't renamed Israel and then Hebrew word for angel. He was named Israel. El as in Elohim means wrestles with God, not angels. And then here we see the Lord came and stood. Now, does it say it's Jesus? No. But the only time that we have an instance where God in some type of presence stands somewhere is in human form as Jesus. We know he wrestles with Jacob. 
well, I don't think you can call it an angel, which they tried to call it an angel, but that would make sense because they wouldn't have another word for it, right? And in Genesis 3, they don't even try to explain it. They just say they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day amongst them. Um, how serious is he when he not only speaks, but shows up in physical presence? Woo. Now, is that in your future? Oh, I don't know where you're going with this, Scott. Could it be? Say yes, he can do whatever he wants. Uh, will it be? Eventually, right? We're all going to stand in the presence of the Lord. Right? Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. Um, between now and then, can God physically manifest things in your life and speak to you and give you a path? Absolutely. Lord came and stood, calling at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Verse 11, and the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel. Did you say what thing he's going to do? Well, I'm going to do something. Oh, really? What's your next question? Wait, what are you going to do? He doesn't give him that, right? Not fair. We're going to look at that in a minute. By the way, that's the reason I pointed that out. I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Who's that? Um, how many people is that referring to in theory? It's a fancy word, way of saying everyone, right? Uh, there's another way they say it in the scripture. says, to him who has ears to hear, let him hear, right? Everybody's going to know, and they're going to give credit to who? Right? They're going to tingle and say, what is going on? Verse 12, on that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken. Ooh. I would, shouldn't it say I will fulfill for Eli all that I have spoken? No. I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken um, concerning his house, from beginning to end, so completely. And I declare to him that I'm about to punish his house for a little while, forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Ooh. You know, God never answers the question, am I my brother's keeper? Cain asks when he kills his brother Abel, and God goes to talk to him. But he does say this, parents, you are responsible for your kids. Whoa. That's a rough one. Therefore, I will swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever now this is a much longer way of saying what ed taught me god is missable you can miss out and it can be actually be worse than that right i told you i was on a tough conversation uh on the phone this week and we were talking about you know god's hand of loving kindness and and i had to remind them that there's another hand right what's that other hand judgment the gavel i was gonna go gavel gene's like <laughs> whack <laughs> right that's a good motion there <laughs> um that's bad news and he was the priest no one's safe and yet everyone can be safe the irony of this passage is you got the person who's probably in the best position to do the right things and be faithful and follow the rules and reach others, and he misses out. And the person who has no reason, no excuse, no right, no experience, no heritage, and he gets in. He gets a phrase that almost no one else in the Bible gets. God stood with him. Whoa. amazing verse 15 samuel lay until morning then he opened doors of the house of the lord and samuel was afraid to tell the vision to eli 
<laughs> right? Watch, this is awesome, right? Because the old guy's going to run in and say, hey, what did he say? <laughs> right? Uh, but he, Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he said, here I am. Uh, which, by the way, similar way God called Samuel is the same similar way to uh, Eli called Samuel. And you were meant to see the contrast between those two. One knows everything and it has doing something with him. One knew enough and should have been doing something and knows nothing now and, and won't be able to do anything. Uh, he said, here I am. Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. In fact, may God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. May he do more so to you? Wait, you don't know what he said yet. Why would you say do more so to me? Maybe he said he's going to give me a th uh, you a thousand oxen. You're telling me he, God should give me 2,000 oxen if I don't tell you that you're going to get 1,000? No, this is negative implication, right? What does Eli know? Who, he knows he's in trouble. That's bad news for you folks, right? You have a knife in your back and you don't know it. It just happened. When you're in trouble with God, who knows first? Besides God. You do right? Some of you are in trouble, and I don't know. I find out way later, right? I joke as a pastor, I'm, I'm either first to, la to know or last to know, right? Uh, but I'm always after you. I find out after you. If you're in trouble with God, you know. Eli knows. Uh, so Samuel told him everything. Verse 18, hid nothing from him. He said, uh, it is the Lord Eli says this. He says, ooh, all right, well, this is God. Let him do what seems good to him. I think this is a phrase of, well, we're not changing this. We're going to take this at face value. I, Scott, like to take this as maybe a step in repentance. Eli says, okay, God's going to correct me, and I'm going to take the correction. Right. Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. Ooh, I love that. If none of your words fell to the ground, that would mean you have no kids. Right? You ever been ignored? Ghosted? Got the silent treatment? Um, you ever made a suggestion and they went with someone else's suggestion? Right? Samuel gets the Lord's favor. This is wonderful. It's chapter one, sermon title, Finding God's Favor. We're in chapter three and we're still seeing people that are finding God's favor long after Hannah. It's wonderful. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. Huh. Wait, where, where was he when all this happened? It was a building that kind of has a peak on the top. and what, What's it called? Temple, right? Who, who hangs out in the temple? Eli was a priest. Shouldn't that say, and knew that Samuel was established as a priest of the Lord? You know, I'm so, it's so sad when the Bible has mistakes in it and they get things wrong. Whew, no lightning there. God knew as I was being sarcastic. Right? We've had priests and priests and priests. Now, previous book, Judges, in most traditions, Judges precedes the Samuel books. You don't really have a whole lot of talk about priests. You got this other type of person. I would say guy, except for sometimes it's a lady. Any guesses on what character dominates judges? Prophet, good guess. How did you guess that? That's amazing. Um, so you got these two different entities. And what's, what what's it say is about to happen? Boom, we're going to put them together? Sam, are you going to be a priest and a prophet? How's that going to work? 
Is God doing something new? If, if God took the prophet and the priest and put them together somehow, would that make everybody with two ears tingle and wonder, what is going on? And if, they got, if he got their attention to where they were asking what was going on, and all of a sudden they say, well, we need a king, we have a priest, and we have a prophet, and we actually put them together, and even that's not working, you better give us a king. And then God says, well, I'll give you a king, even though I gave you a priest-prophet combo, and in the midst of those, that's not going to work either. And then I'm going to do something that blows every away, everything away, because I'm going to take a priest and a prophet and a king, and I'm going to put them all in one, and you're going to celebrate them on Christmas. Boom. Jesus shows up on the scene, and he is the fulfillment of prophet, priest, and king. It's a great thematic thing throughout the theology of the First Testament that I had to take a seminary class to understand. You just got it in three minutes. Okay? This is the beginning of that. And it's amazing to watch because now as you read Scripture going forward, you kind of understand what's going on. Who are the bad kings? Who are the bad prophets? Who are the bad priests? And who's the only one who gets all three right? Say God. Right? So he's going to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord, verse 21, appeared again at Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. He keeps showing up, same place, to talk to Samuel. Why? Consistency. This is where he heard from him the first time. And we have an ongoing relationship with the Lord now. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's look at um, this path and what it has to do with us. How do we get a path as well? How do we find it? How do we recognize it? Um, the first thing I want us to make sure we understand is um, verse 7. Verse 7, where it says, um, the, the, the path of the Lord can be known. God's path can be known. He said he did not yet know the Lord, right? Verse 7. Um, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. What's that mean? It means it's possible. I can't stand pessimism. I'm pessimistic about pessimism. It is neither the design or nor the destination for how we're meant to leave, live our relationship with the Lord. As so many people think, well, God, yes, but connected, no. Yeah, he's out there, but how can I really know his plan for my life? Oh, I, I can tell you his plan for your life very fast with many, many details. Don't get into sexual sin. Don't squander what you have. Serve other people. Love your neighbor. I mean, how many things can we list that are God's will for your life? Oh, well, Scott, those are all common things. Yeah. <laughs> how do you think you get to the specific ones? Right? I give my kids some stuff to chop. We're making food. You chop some of this stuff. We're going to put it in the food. And if they can't even get that right, am I going to let them touch the seasoning or pick out the slab of meat that we're going to cook it with or any of that stuff? No. In fact, if they can't put the, the water glasses on the table, there's no way I'm giving them a knife to cut onions. Right? There's a progression there with how we grow up and how we lead our kids. Do you think that this is any way similar to our relationship with the Lord? Yeah. Then how do you know? A little at a time. Do what he says. Go to church. Read your Bible. Pray. There's, there's so many great ways to know him. Who's yet to know him, which implies what? What's going to happen? Do you know end game for you is you will know God fully. There is a verse. It says right now we see like in a mirror dimly, but then we will see him face to face. 
and you will be fully known. Amen? That's awesome. Well, why can't I have it right now? I don't know. Remember what he said to Samuel? I'm going to do a thing. A thing? What's, what's a thing? Are we going to do another one of them floods? We've got to build a boat again? What are, what are we doing? We're going to walk on water? You're going to bring some people back? to what are, What's a thing? I'll tell you later. Some of my favorite theological concepts. Later. <laughs> Just one word. And it's in all caps, right? And it's the answer to most of my questions, right? So I knew that um, it says God's path can be known. That's the fill-in, and I gave you the K so you'd get it right. But I want you to add a little word after it, okay? This is a write-in. This is your Sunday morning extra. Ready? Eventually. Now, eventually has two E's and two L's. All right, just to make sure you spell it correctly, because not even the booth has that one. E-V-E-N-T-U-A-L-L-Y. And please don't ask me to spell that again, because I think I got it right, and I'm pretty sure I'll mix it up the second time. All right? Because if I spell too many times, I will get it wrong eventually. Okay. God's path can be known, amen? Um, when have you been sure of him or what you were doing, or had done, or need to go do. That's a great place to be, folks. I have to... <clears throat> I have to marry her. Yeah, but you screwed it up. I screwed it up, didn't I? I have to marry her. She won't take your calls. She won't respond to your letters. Yeah, so you wait. Well, it's like Friday and you want to go out. What do you do? Go out with somebody else? No. Go out by yourself. You sit at a restaurant by yourself? Yeah. It's my, one of my dates with Julie she didn't go to. <laughs> she didn't stand me up. She told me outright, no, we're not talking. She didn't even tell me we're not talking. She just didn't respond, right? And I thought to myself, if I know it's her, then I will put all my energy in that direction and wait. Wrote her a postcard, TGI Fridays. I'm sitting at the table, I was like, what am I doing? And they had these blank postcards. It's one of their marketing tools, right? If you take one, you'll fill it out and someone will get marketing from TGI Fridays and maybe they'll go back and eat at TGI Fridays don't have that postcard anymore. I don't think we lost it, did we? Do you have it? I don't know. She's so petrified right now of where I'm going with this. When we know, then we go with it. But doubting that we'll know, you'll never know. All right, number two. Uh, so God's path can be known eventually when it is revealed. Right? It said he had not yet revealed himself to Samuel. Right? We get down to, uh, I think it's verse 20, no, yeah, 21. Um, and it says, and he revealed himself at Shiloh. Um, God has this thing called timing. Super frustrating. But he reveals things as we need them over time. And usually it's when. It starts with L, rhymes with gator. It's later. Right? Um, when it's revealed, God may reveal a piece. Hey, this is what I want you to do. Well, how am I going to do it? Well, I'm not going to tell you that. Well, what do I need? People. Which people? Not going to tell you that. What's that make you do? Go find some people. It also makes you run into some wrong people, it makes you work for it. Right? Sound familiar to what we were talking about earlier? God reveals things over time. Why? Because if he shows you the bright, shiny thing over here, the stuff you need to do right now, you'll be like, yeah, whatever, squirrel, right? You run off and chase something else. And so he reveals it over time. And that you need to, 
You need to love what is revealed. Like grab, hold on to, and cherish what you do have. There's so many of us, we're, we're panicked of what we're missing in our intellect or our plan, the mystery of future, um, the disconnect of a relationship, the ineptness of an organization, whatever it be. Rather than, yeah, but what do you have? What has God given you and, and what can you do with that? If, if you're trying to avoid something in your life because you know God wants you to avoid it and you have a day where you avoid it, there, there should be a moment where the revelation that for one day you avoided something you were supposed to avoid should be like, God, thanks that not today. Thank you for not today. Didn't do that today. That's a negative side. When there's positive side, there's something you should do, and you do it, and I help that person, right? There, when you're driving away from that, Lord, thanks for that. That was kind of cool. Took a little time, a little energy, and they're probably not going to reimburse me for the gas, but thank you, right? How often are you doing that, okay? Um, so when it's revealed, so this could happen eventually when it's revealed or perceived, isn't revealed it, but he gives you perception of it. This happens to Eli, which is the great news because he's distant from God, and yet he perceives something's going on. It doesn't happen to him. It happens to Samuel. But he says, hey, you know what? I think God's doing something. He perceives it. Right? We see um, down in verse 18, we see this idea of perception that you start to perceive, and you have no definition, of it, but you have a feeling. Right? Um, uh, Julie and I have these conversations from time to time and say, I think we should do this. Really? Why? I, I don't know. I just perceive that we should do it. There's no sense to it. Yes, but there's a feeling or emotion or, I don't know, you get the EBGBs, whatever, whatever you want to call it. So um, truth be told, last week when Brent was preaching, Julie and I were 28th anniversary out in Half Moon Bay. Yeah. I just keep saying one more year, Joel, one more year. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the times we went out, and uh, we're in this restaurant, and it's just uh, her and I, and, and uh, we're sitting there, and this, this young couple, like, uh, like a 14-year-old and a 13-year-old, come in and sit behind us. They had to be older than that, but they, they looked really, really young, right? Like, did you guys ride your bikes here? <laughs> you know, it's like... You can't be old enough to drive. But they're sitting there, this really, really young couple, and we're having our anniversary dinner, and right? oh, we're buying the best this and the best that, and appetizers on top with salad, chase it with dessert. You know, we're just, it's our anniversary. We're going to splurge. And we're watching this young couple, and they're, they're just doing their thing. You know? and, and I was like, that's, that's awesome. That's like us, like 28 years ago. Wow. I go back to eating because that's what I do. And uh, we get through the whole meal and we pay and we're about to walk out. And we walk, by, we, we walk past their table and I, just, I glance down at them and I'm, I'm walking and we get to the door. We're about to go out the front door and I, I turn to Julie and say, you, you see that? Because she and I had talked about it. You know that, that couple? She's like, yeah, it's, I feel like we should like pay for their dinner or part of their dinner or something. And she's like, Yeah. Why? Perception. There was like, yeah, whatever. All right, so I had, a, I had a fairly large bill of cash in my pocket, and I was looking at it, and I was, what do you think? She's like, yeah. So, okay, and I'm enjoying this because I'm getting old, and it doesn't matter anymore, so I just walk up to tables, and I'm like, hi, uh, my wife and I are here having our 28th anniversary dinner, and we looked over and saw you guys, young couple, and just thought how great we just want to add this to your bill and covers whatever it covers and they're like yeah we're on our third i was like oh anniversary yeah have a good dinner it was 14 seconds boom we're out the door walking out to the car and there's one of these parking lots where you got to go turn around to come back and then you drive by the entrance and as we're driving by the entrance this waiter standing out at the top of the stairs like 
And I, so I slow down. It's like, oh, I probably forgot my phone. <laughs> this is my life. So I roll down the, I roll down the window, and he's like, you guys know that couple? No. You just, just did that to be nice? or Yeah, I just felt like the right thing to do. He's like, you're here on your anniversary, they're here on their anniversary, and you just, you just dropped a big bill on them. Yeah. He's like, I've never seen that before. And I'm talking to the waitress, and she's never seen that before. I said, oh, okay, well, glad we gave you your first experience. <laughs> we'll see you on Valentine's. We just made reservations for five. <laughs> they're like, Sweet! So I'm freaked out because we're going back on Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. But there's, there's times when we perceive from God that something's going on and you, and you need to act or do something, uh, initiate. And it's like, well, yeah, but I have to have a good job and I have to be organized and da-da-da and I need to get Nick's permission and blah, blah, blah. And it's, no. Uh, sometimes we float way up, way too much up here. Sometimes God grabs you here and says, oh, your head's in the way. Let's drag him by the heart maybe and we'll do something. Right? And sometimes the perception can be mental where he, he gives you a, a, um, a deja vu. Or God's done something like that before and you, and you recognize and you go, oh, something's going on. You got to be able to run with that. Right? Um, it's very similar to what you sang tonight and let love take over I mean I love that line it's so good when we sing it and there's music and love take over what the heck does that mean I, I have to have some practical applications to know how to do that look for what he's revealed and look and then look for what you can perceive and that is a way to let love take over okay um, we see it also uh, in this uh, when, when it's revealed, perceived, or finally established. Love the finally established because, it, and it says at the end, uh, verse 19, and the Lord established Samuel. What's this, how, what's, how, how long does it take for established to happen? I mean, if I'm not established in this moment right now, could I be established three seconds later? Not a chance. It takes time. You gotta, he's got to reveal some things, and you've got to perceive them, and then you've got to try them, and then you've got to stay consistent. He established him as a prophet. How do you become a prophet back in those days and days? You've got to say some things, and they've got to come true. How long does that take? A while. <laughs> does it happen now? No, it happens later. God will establish when. When he's ready in his timing, it's his economy. You dwell in the first two and expect the third. We dwell in the first two, his revelation and your perception, and then you wait for him to actually establish it. Um, did he establish Eli originally? He did. Did he take him out? Absolutely. Did he put Samuel in? Yep. Guess what's going to happen to Samuel later? He's going to come out, right? Now, that's a good story, contrary to this one. Um, but what are you looking for him to establish? And it's not who wins your football team game, okay? So there's that. Uh, God's path can be known eventually when it is revealed, perceived, or finally established as we... Someone starts with L go back and if uh, you know if she gets two answers right before any all get one answer right listen thank you all right she already said listen by the way <laughs> um we have to listen when we say Christ centered and when we're as a church uh, welcome to rock Bible church we're Christ centered amen what's the very next thing we say did you know you can't do the first unless you do the second? 
You can't be Christ-centered unless you are biblically based because you can say all you want about Jesus, but if you don't do what he says, in fact, he even said it, you call me Lord, Lord, and yet you do not do what I say. Right? Blessed is he who hears these words of mine and does them. Right? That's the line, the, the prominent line in the story where they talk about building the house on the rock. And I just gave away part of our membership class. We are founded, our name, Rock Bible Church, is founded on that passage in some way. Blessed is he who hears these words of mine and does them. Right? What does Eli tell Samuel to say? He says, go back to your room, lay down, and when you hear him, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Right? Or your servant hears. Um, what, what do you listen to? I love this phrase. I use it all the time. What are the voices in your life that you listen to? What are the voices in your world that you listen to? Most of them are wrong. And the, and the most difficult ones can be the internal ones. This is why I dislike pessimism. The longer discussion. Uh, so, his path can be known when it's revealed, perceived, or established. As we listen in our... Rhymes with lace starts with P. Place, very good, right? Where does he send, Eli sends Samuel, says, go back to your bed. Um, and so many of us think we have to be at the altar or at the ark. I, I need to sit in front of Scott. If I, if I don't meet with Scott, <laughs> what? You'll have more money because I'm making you buy me coffee. Right? It's about the only thing that changes. I mean, I might be able to affirm some things, um, but we, we, had, we had, at one point, we had somebody really upset uh, because I wouldn't meet with them. You don't have a right to meet with me. You don't have a right to anything except your place. And when you don't know your place, it's probably because you're not listening. Do you need to do the first one to recognize the second? Who? Right? So we got to listen and we got to know our place. Um, and, and by the way, you can meet with me. Okay? Like in my ideal word, world, I meet with all of you at some point. I'm a, I like people. There's introverts, there's extroverts, and then there's Scott. <laughs> right? Um, and I, I like that we're a small enough church that that's possible in some ways. Right? Um, but you need to be listening to him. And if we have time together, it's to help you listen to him. Not to me, and definitely not the people who've been in your ear over here feeding you the other stuff. As we listen in our place to his word. Best thing that I've done is find in scripture places that apply to the questions I have. That can be tough. Because I have yet to find out like when and where I'm allowed to use a boomerang. You know, the word boomerang is not in the Bible, Scott. Oh, Really? Yeah, oh, that, that stinks because, I mean, you got no guidelines now. Just kind of got to do whatever you do with your boomerang. What's the point? There's other concepts that can apply just because you can't find your specific word, which, by the way, it wasn't written in your language anyways. <laughs> right? We've got to figure out how to do this. And we got to figure out what his word says about it. It's why we go through books of the Bible chapter at a time at, usually it's why all of our doctrines are based out of scripture it's why our purpose statement is what it is we stole all those concepts from god's word and things that jesus said 
Uh, because he has an agenda. He has a path. We can find his favor. We can know his priorities, and it can put us on his path. That's the first three chapters. Boom. Right there. Brilliant. It's like cheeseburgers. And we're going to close on this. Cheeseburgers. Now, sometimes you need a cheeseburger, right? There's other times where you need any cheeseburger. It doesn't matter what cheeseburger it is. If it's a good one, great. If it's a bad one, who cares? It doesn't matter. I'll go through the drive-thru and get the two of them for 99 cents, and they're still making a profit, so you know you're getting cheated. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It is so good. I, just, I just need a cheeseburger. Any cheeseburger will do. Right? Now, there's other times where it's like, cheeseburger... Not a chance. I don't care if you get me the best cheeseburger of all time, voted by this or that or da da da. Or whatever. It doesn't matter. I, I not any cheeseburger, none. I need to have something else, or I'm I'm not hungry, or I, I need to go do. Right? There's times where it's like any cheeseburger will do, and there's other times when no cheeseburger will do. Scott, what could this ha possibly have to do with theology? Find yourself in the middle theologically with God when you're trying to figure out his path. You can't take just any path with God. I don't care what he's doing. Just Whatever he's doing doesn't matter. I'm just going to go do it. Well, you're, you're throwing out all the things that he's revealing to you, help, trying to get you to perceive, and trying to finally establish in your life. So you just say, well, I'll just do whatever. I'm, I'm just going to go. I'm going to stack chairs for the church because at least it's something. No, because if you're the type that breaks chairs because you're too casual with them or what? no can't do it right theologically you also have to be wary of i'm so frustrated because i've tried so many things you know what i'm not going to do anything i'm going to go do my own thing i'm not eating anything with him i'm not doing anything with him i'm going to just i'm going to go do my own thing this is road to destruction and and know this even like when you're doing god stuff but it's brainless, mindless, and you're just, you're not really connected. He's got a phrase for that. Depart from me. Depart from me. You can miss it. Find something between not just any cheeseburger and no cheeseburger. There's a few cheeseburgers that qualify, right? There are some drive throughs that I'll go through because it is the Lord's path for me, <laughs> right? There's a few restaurants where there's no way I'm ordering a cheeseburger there. We need to f start figuring, discerning, let him establish who are you and what are you doing, okay? Um, my, my challenge to you, ask the hardest questions. Ask them in prayer and use descriptive language at the intensity level that you like the most. He can handle it. Uh, you might find that he's standing right next to you. Amen? Amen. Lord, thanks that we, um, we can joke and have fun, but most importantly, we can, we can pursue you. And there's practical things we can do. I thank you that you do reveal things to us. And I actually, Lord, I'm so grateful and praise you that you withhold some things from our ability to understand them or see them. You protect us in some ways. You keep us on path. You give us guardrails. I thank you for what you let us perceive at the same time, feel, recognize. Give us those experiences, Lord. Help them to help us to uh, look for them and then establish us Lord we thank you for what you did with Samuel may we have a similar experience show us what to listen to where our place is and may you confirm it with your word Thank you, Lord, for this service, and we pray if there's anybody who
make that decision, start that, who needs to answer your call to them like Samuel answered it, that maybe they would say this morning, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. If you've never said that and you want to say it this morning, you could say it in your head. You could say it out loud. Uh, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And so for some of you Christians, established Christians, maybe that's something you need to say and things that you're pursuing, perceiving. Where are we at, God? Speak. I'm, I'm listening. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. calling him as he stands next to you and puts you on a path. Amen? Go with him.